What's up, everyone? My name is Wes, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. For today's episode, we welcomed Johnny Darko onto the show. The Minneapolis songwriter and producer recently released his third album, The Deer, featuring a huge cast of collaborators. We talked about how the album came together, musically and thematically, how other folks got involved in the project, and a whole lot more. Without any further ado, here's my interview with Johnny Darko on the Ear Coffee Podcast. Uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Wes. You're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Johnny Darko uh, to talk about his latest album. Uh, thank you for joining me on this Thursday night. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so just before we get into the music and whatnot, uh, why don't you introduce yourself for the people at home? Uh, share a little bit about the project maybe introduce yourself and you're kind of the mastermind behind it i suppose sure yeah i'm johnny i'm uh like you said i'm johnny darko um yeah just came out with my new album this is my third full length uh one for this project i have some eps and stuff too but um yeah, I guess I don't know what else to say. It's like kind of indie, electronic, alternative music is kind of what I do. Mostly a producer, I guess, is what I tell people. Cool. My main thing. So, yeah. We'll, we'll get more into that as we go along. Um, I find that pretty much everybody who makes music, performs, just engages in the world of music at the level uh, that we do. Um, has had a really strong relationship with listening to music for a long time. Uh, how did you first really kind of encounter like music on your own when you were growing up? Like what were those kind of formative experiences? And was there a time when you really felt like it was kind of your own thing instead of like something that somebody else was like showing you or that you were, that existed around you where it was like something's like, no, I like, this is my kind of thing. Like I'm really into this. Like was there any kind of moment like that or experience? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, so when I was growing up, I was only really allowed to listen to Christian music. Me um, too. <laughs> and so, nice. Yeah. And so, uh, I do remember like one time when I was, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12 or maybe younger. I don't know. I was a kid, but, um, we were at a we were at a family friend's cabin and one of the ladies there she was like a bit older she was my grandma's friend and her daughter had like gifted her an ipod like one of the old brick ipods for christmas and so she was asking if i could help her like figure out how to use it and i was like yeah sure like helped her set it up and preloaded onto it was um like a Maroon 5 song and uh, and like an old Coldplay song. I think it was like Clocks by Coldplay and like whatever the most popular like Maroon 5 song was at the time. And I remember like listening to that over and over again. It was like the first time I'd ever heard. I mean, for the most part, like contemporary secular music. And that was like a big switch for me of being like, whoa, music can be like so awesome <laughs> and not not just like the same formulaic thing over and over yeah not um, just worship music yeah that was a big, <laughs> yeah like 
uh, no more Toby Mac and newsboys <laughs> and stuff. Like yeah. it, it was a whole new world. Um, so yeah. And then I would like listen to KDWB like on the radio, like in secret at night <laughs> and stuff. And yeah, th- those were pretty formative. Like those are good times. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. When when did you first start kind of making your own music? Like whether you started on like piano or guitar or what was what, what was the the kind of first couple times like you were really starting to dip your toes in and kind of start that journey that uh, led you to make all the music you've released over the past handful of years? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So i I started a band um, called Feed Us with one of my best friends, Ben, we actually still, uh, work together in the band. And, um, I don't know, I guess I would say we were 14 or so when we started the band and I, I got into producing music like right away, like recording for us. And I recorded my first solo album when I was 15 and I put it out and it was like awful, of course, but, (laughs) Ever since then, I've been recording music and finishing up projects and putting them out. So I don't know. I mean, I say this is my third full length album, but it's really more like my eighth or ninth. (laughs) I deleted the old ones from when I was a teenager and like changed my artist name because, you know, I I grew up, I guess. (laughs) And the the others like my voice is cracking in the in the first stuff. (laughs) It's uh it's a wild listen, but, but yeah, I've been doing it since I was 15. So yeah, I, I think some of those older albums are still on Bandcamp. I didn't, I didn't listen to any of them, but I, I saw them on there. Uh, yeah. I think like was holiday yeah. the first one or was that one of the first ones? Oh, uh, which one? Sorry. Uh, holiday. I think that's the title that I had written down. Oh no, that, I think that what you're thinking of is actually a Christmas album by someone else whose name is Jonathan Fuller. Oh, it got listed, it got added to, like, your page or something. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That if, guy if I listened, I would have figured it out, I think, but I was just like, I don't, we don't need to go all the way back to talk about the new record. <laughs> My first album was called Pillars of Salt. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, it was... A long time, yeah, like ten years ago, I think so. At this point, yeah, yeah. Uh, with those really early releases, like um, Pillar of Salt and so on, um, even something like a, I just wanted to make sure I could say the title properly. Um, Break of Solstice Six 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 Marijuana. I think that's the full one. Um, I think yeah, that, that's, that's right. the first release under Johnny Darko, like under that name. Um, from like that kind of era of teenage music and like when you're first kind of getting into recording through that first album have you revisited like any of it recently or like how do you kind of view that now that you've kind of grown and just moved past that musically and as a person i'm guessing just with age uh how do you still view those like have you has your perspective on them changed since you've made them like what what are your kind of thoughts on that era of your musical career (laughs) That's a good question. Um, yeah, Break of Solstice, I I still love that project, and I'm still super proud of it. I guess that I would say that was like the first one uh, that I was really like, okay, this is 
you know, what I want to do like going forward. I think before that I was doing a lot of different things. Um, I just really like experimenting with stuff. Um, and that one was the first one where I was like, okay, like I, so I know what I want to do like musically here going forward. And so, yeah, that one, I still love that, that project. And, um, I still play like a lot of the songs when I play live from that one. Um, I definitely am not like in the same place of my life uh, as when I wrote that project. Um, I was like going through some major sad boy mode. I was like actually very depressed and living at my parents' house. <laughs> I like just moved back to my parents' house um, after like living on my own for maybe a year or two. Um, and now like I just had my three-year anniversary with my wife yesterday congratulations i live in thank you yeah but my life is very different (laughs) so (laughs) um so you know like listening to it i have a a different perspective on it but um but yeah break of solstice holds a special place in my heart for sure yeah um i did specifically want to talk about the eps the kind of self-titled eps you put out uh starting in 2020 Um, just because that was, I think, when we, like, Ear Coffee and uh, kind of first came across your project. I don't know if, I can't remember if we found it, sure. it organically, if you were kind enough to reach out to us. But uh, talk a little bit about how those three EPs came out. And I, th- I think, if I remember, there was maybe plans for, like, a self-titled album. And I don't know if that was, like, what the EPs added up to or if that was just something that went in a different direction. Um, but yeah, just you want to talk a little a bit about those releases and kind of what was going on that uh informed them and led you to make those yeah um so the eps it's it's like three five track eps that um yeah i guess they could add up to like one 15 track album uh i never put it out like that because i don't know i just it felt a bit redundant but um yeah they are all part of like kind of the same vein like there's definitely a a certain sound to those three eps that's uh unique and i think with with those ones um yeah so i got i guess i would say those are like more um carefree like more sort of more me like um finding almost like a confidence in my in my voice in a certain way like you can see that as like the flip side of the break of solstice album. Cause that one's like very, um, I don't know. It's like very, uh, indie and very kind of sad boy and all that. And then, uh, you know, the, the self-titled EPs are a lot more like boisterous and there's a lot more like drums and stuff that are like really prominent and loud and, a lot of the stuff that I was saying was just kind of like larger than life uh, feelings. Like it wasn't all super honest. It was just kind of like going with the flow of the song and, you know, not being afraid to just say something cheesy or dumb. And, yeah, you know, that kind of add a li- almost <laughs> adding like a good. bit of a persona to it, just kind of in, in, like hyperbolizing, yeah, yeah. uh, hyperbolizing, excuse me. I can say that word um like that a lot of aspects of of yeah, how you were going sure. yeah cool um so well 
I guess Symbolica is. I I was under the impression there's a, a debut, but it's your sophomore record. Um, and recently, uh, just a few months ago, you came out with your most recent record, The Deer, which is what we're mostly here to talk about. Um, just kind of coming across that um, and working on it. Like, what was your process for approaching this batch of songs for this album? Um, it feels pretty intentionally like conceptual between like the title and like some of the interludes and you can talk a little bit about that more too um but when did these like the songs and these ideas kind of start formulating and coming across in a way that may be familiar to anyone who's listened to the album yeah um i started writing this album um like last june like right after uh symbolica came out that summer so i worked on it for about a year um it is like a lot shorter and more concise i think than than you know symbolica which is a little bit more expansive and part part a lot of that is actually due to my friend sam who has a music project called babby more that's like instrumental electronic stuff and he's just got like this great ear for album sequencing and stuff and really convinced me to like cut a bunch of songs and like sequence it in a way that was a lot more concise <laughs> and kind of what you know he's like it, you you need only like 30 minutes of audio and just put these 10 songs this is what sounds cohesive like so yeah i had a lot of help from him and um yeah with this project that i really wanted to try to start doing some more like collaborations. Um, the last one was just like very, well, in the past in general, I just, it's, you know, really been me in a silo, like singing about my own stuff and uh, doing everything myself. And so like, I want to get like more people involved and kind of have like features on a lot of the songs. And I want it to be like more of a positive or like, hopeful vibe to the album uh, as opposed to like the last one was kind of spooky and like dark and so i was i was kind of like i feel like i've done that you know so i wanted to take a a little bit more of like a colorful bright turn i was listening to a lot of um donda that summer um (laughs) and so I don't know, just some of those, like, some of those sounds, like the pianos and, like, the minimalistic drums and stuff, and, like, the choirs. Um, yeah, I don't know, that that was kind of, like, my big influence, I guess, at the time that I was, like, listening to. So, yeah, I'm really glad, like, or I'm really ha- happy, I guess, with how it turned out and everybody that, like, ended up hopping on the project, I think really like, I think it just, it ended up just perfect. Like the people that were a part of it and all of that. Yeah. Uh, did you know pretty much right off the bat that you wanted to bring in a lot of collaborators or was that something that kind of dawned on you as you were starting to put the, put the songs together and uh, just kind of continuing that? How did you like uh, reach out, like commute, like uh, end up working with all these different artists like it's just kind of like this massive list of like kind of 
uh, just really cool, just very different uh, artists and musicians and bands from around the cities. Like, I was super surprised when yeah. I, just, I looked at the track list for the first time. It was like, oh, well, that, you know, like, like you recognize a lot of the names. And it's um, cool right. to see everybody kind of coming together. Um, yeah, how did these collaborations come about once you started realizing and decided to go in a very collaborative direction and try to bring in a lot of people to work on the project? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess to answer your first question, I I did kind of have in mind like to do uh, a more like collaborative vibe before I even started writing. My uh, I was talking to my friend Lydia like last summer after my last project came out and kind of just like musing about what would be next for me, I guess. And she was sort of, I guess she sort of like challenged me almost to, to do that and like to make a project that uh, was like more about, I guess, society or like a more universal experience, uh, which I don't know that I totally pulled that off, but like, I don't know that, that whole, that idea of just like kind of shifting the focus uh, off of me or like, was really like intriguing to me and that that sort of is what I guess just kind of got me in the mindset of like I want to have other people like all over this project you know so um yeah and then um as far as like how I met these people or got them involved um a few of them I had like met or knew um like Cuckoo, I've actually known for a long time. Um, Bobby, I've I played a show with him, and like I've met him through people. Um, for Kaylee and uh, Kaylee Kitzman, and uh, forgive me, Wavy. I actually just um, DM them on Instagram. Like I never actually met them; they just sent me their parts. Oh hell yeah! Um, and they were <laughs> they were artists that um. So I do like a. Um, I do a weekly like roundup for melodic noise media. Oh, one of, word. One cool. of your competitors. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Not really. But, but yeah. So I, I write their like um, little three to five sentence uh, reviews for their playlists. Um, so they just send me like tracks every week. And so Wavy and Kaylee were, were just artists that I found out about through doing that that I was like reviewing their stuff. And then I was just like, Oh my gosh, these people are super talented. And I just like DM them on Instagram. And then we ended up meeting like, uh, more recently at some of the shows, like me and, uh, wavy, like opened for me at the, at my album release at the Amsterdam, which was super fun. But like, that was the first day I'd actually met him in person, <laughs> uh, which was kind of funny. Like, because I love his part on the on the project and it's just like perfect. So it's like I felt like I already knew him. And uh yeah, Kaylee too, like she performed she's performed Moon with me a couple of times uh now. But but yeah, at those shows were like the first time that we met in person. So cool. Yeah, glad glad that they uh, uh an in-person encounter was finally able to happen. Um Yeah. I, I did also want to ask about at least I think in the way that Apple music like lists things, there's some songs that have like 
more of like a co-billing. I think with like Loon Booster and Garland, I think were two of the names on there. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's like an intentional, like it was more like a co-production with these folks or if it was just like an additional kind of aspect of the collaboration. But uh, yeah, what were their roles in that or like what is kind of going on with like these, I guess more like co-billings, at least on the listing for a streaming service, which yeah. is a, a great source to have. But <laughs> Yeah, so Garland actually is... Um like a pian like a instrumental piano project um that my friend Hank uh has been like working under like that's his pseudonym and so um like really early on in the development process for the album I knew I wanted to have like a lot of pianos on it and so I I went over to his house and just uh like mic'd up his upright piano and he kind of like improvised a bunch like the track Holy Lands um the whole piano for that which totally dictated like the entire melody of that song was just uh like a chopped up uh series of like chords uh from like an improv session with hank <laughs> and then so his piano uh pops up on a few tracks uh tie my rope and i'm like forgetting the other one but um oh yeah like the end of moon that's him too and so yeah i guess his like feature is more instrumental loom booster um is actually the like the guy talking in those weird oh uh, it's, it's just the recording for the interludes okay yep yeah that's my friend ben i was telling you about that um that we have a band together. Like he's my best friend. I've, I've known him for a really long time. So I just had like these audio clips of, of like a conversation that we had, um, that I like chopped up and turned into the interludes. Yeah. And so were you like planning to record something? And like, even if you didn't know what you were going to use it for, or was that just kind of like a serendipitous moment where you just like, kind of did like you were having the conversation. You're like, Oh, I might want to listen to this later or something. You just turned your, yeah. your like your phone recorder on or something. Like how did those um, kind of come about <laughs> going into how they ended up on the album? Well, this is a little embarrassing, but they're actually from, uh, like a podcast that we recorded in our, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> maybe like l late teens, um, that we never released. Like, but it was uh, kind of during this like time of life that we were both in where we were sort of like processing through certain things like kind of coming of age, sort of like uh, reimagining and like moving on from our like uh, religious upbringing and stuff. And so it ended up fitting perfectly like, well, yeah, it ended up fitting really well, like thematically with kind of the overarching themes of the album. Um, at least I thought, um, and I just stumbled across it on my Google drive one day and was like, Whoa. And I like listened to the whole thing and I was like, I gotta use some of this. So, but yeah, it's a, we never put the podcast out. Uh, and I don't think we ever will, but well, it, it turned into that's something. What that, that's so. what that's from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, it's not embarrassing. You're literally on a podcast right now. If there's one time to talk about yeah, other yeah. podcasts, it's, the time is now, but I feel like now, I feel like now it like, Back then, I feel like everyone was doing podcasts. And then now I feel like it's sort of like a cliche, like the two white guys, like just talking in their basement about like random bullshit, <laughs> like thinking they're so smart, which I mean, whatever. That's 
Teach and their I own. Like, I, I'm not going to. I don't have one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, that's what that was from. Yeah. Um, when you were kind of first conceptualizing the record, like the early conversations where you kind of realized the direction of the album or that you wanted to take it in, um, as you worked on the music and kind of incorporated all your ideas and your influences there, how did you go about kind of met, like melding the two together and like combining like the actual music that you were writing and everything and like your lyrics with these, I mean, the lyrics are a little more obvious, I guess, but uh, like, in, like uh, mixing and like combining it and just integrating it with the actual like, concepts and like the ideas you were wanting to touch on with the album, like overall. Yeah, I feel like I um, I tend to write the music first, like instrumentals and stuff, and then kind of write lyrics afterwards. And so with this project, I think more than others, like because the time that I worked on it was fairly concise, like, you know, I wrote all of the songs probably within eight months or so. Um, they all, I think I was able to kind of like stick closer to a more like consistent thematic theme. And especially because too, like, this is sort of the first time I had almost like a vision going into it of what I wanted. Um, usually it's just like, you know, this big, weird, like emotional vomit. And then I just like kind of pick up the pieces of it afterwards and like form it into something that isn't, totally like disconnected but but this time yeah it, it was a it was a good feeling to kind of be able to have more of a direction from the start and and um yeah like the the musical stuff that i was like interested in creating was just sort of like naturally in line i think with the the themes that i was like trying to go for on the project just because like that's where my headspace was at, you know, and it was, it was such a short amount of time. So, yeah, it's kind of easy to kind of corral all those feelings when it's just like that smaller period of time. And, uh, right. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So the album is available everywhere, like streaming services and everything. It's on Bandcamp. Actually, excuse me. It isn't on Bandcamp. Uh, are there, is it only just streaming for now or are there other ways that people can check out the album and support you? I actually didn't even realize it wasn't on Bandcamp. I feel like I've always been very uh, diligent about like uploading it to Bandcamp, but I guess I forgot to. Oh, no. So <laughs> I have to do that. That's I, I'm actually glad that you pointed that out because yeah, I do always want to have it on Bandcamp in case somebody decides they like to you know download the you know that all the extra stuff or whatever but yeah. so yeah i will i will be uploading it to bandcamp <laughs> yeah ho but, hopefully yeah, by the time this comes out it'll be up on bandcamp and people can check yeah, it out pretty there soon too. pretty soon too there's gonna be a um like a video on youtube um of the whole thing oh, and cool. sort of like a live performance um it's not exactly a live performance i guess it's like more akin to a studio performance it's got like some of the people who are on the album um and then my my whole like visual show is kind of featured on it so oh yeah if cool. you wanna if you want to watch you'll be able to sort of watch on youtube soon cool. too so cool uh yeah the album's the deer came out in july um 
Yeah. So speaking more generally now, um, just like describe or think of a time when you really felt like the John, like this project, like this current, like using the Johnny Darko moniker, like when everything with that project really, you felt like you were accomplishing what you wanted to kind of accomplish. I guess you want, you felt like a moment of kind of like you were really touching into like what you wanted to do creatively and uh, musically with the project. Maybe it was like at the album release show or listened to like first mixes of the album or something like that. But like, what, what, were there any moments where you really kind of got a sense of that? Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's been a bunch along the way with this one. Like, um, I think the one that kind of stands out to me is um, like in the very final stages of like mixing and assembling everything I had like um, probably like six or seven of my like closest friends and collaborators who a lot of them work on music. Some of them are more video guys and or you know whatnot um i like invited them over to my studio to just do like a listen through and like take notes and i printed out these like lyric sheets with um different like visuals and stuff like um some of the ai art that i've been like generating and some sketches um to like follow through follow along and um yeah so i was like kind of able to play the whole thing like in order in its current form for people. And that, that was like a, a big moment, like just getting their, their reactions, like, and their feedback. It was kind of like a, I don't know, I, I guess I've always kind of wanted like, um, my music project to be a more communal process, um, or like involve more people and, it always does like to a certain degree, but that was definitely like a really nice moment of, you know, having all these people that like mean so much to me, be able to kind of like hear it for the first time and like help send it off, like shape it in its final form. So. Oh yeah. Uh, so looking forward, uh, what does the future kind of hold for you in the project? Like, any upcoming shows like already working on new music um and you already mentioned the kind of visual accompaniment to the album that'll maybe be up by the time this comes out if not it'll be coming soon but um beyond that what does the future hold yeah i mean who knows (laughs) um yeah i have uh i have a show at Daybock in the beginning of october um just like an opening set um i recently like partnered with tinderbox music (laughs) so i've been kind of like trying to do some promotion stuff like i always kind of was that is that give it my best shot before i move on is is that kristen or is that someone else um tinderbox is like a music promotion company there might be like uh, that's like in the twin cities yeah Um, the guy that I work with is Brandon. Okay, yeah, he's I like think, their I radio think, guy. They may there may be someone named named. Yeah, Chris I just there. the name's ringing a For bell, sure. and yeah, there sure. are probably more employees than just the one person. Um, I, yeah, I know a lot of like <laughs> local. I know a lot of local people who um, have worked with them. 
So, and they've been great so far. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's, I guess that's more like behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I got that video coming out. That'll be my next kind of thing. And, uh, and then we'll see from there. Like, I'm, you know, I'm looking to do more shows. Um, it's sort of tough, like, when you're trying to play shows, like, in the same city, like, over and over again. And you're, like, inviting, like, all the same people. And it's like, hey, come to this show and then this one. So I'm, I, I try to, like, balance it out a little bit with, like, I don't know, playing every few months or something. <laughs> um, at least for, like, the big ones, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I'll probably start working on a new project soon. I'm kind of always working. Yeah, between this or uh, Jaguar, Jaguar, or something else. Um, yeah. So feed I, us and in this. Yeah, uh, I like uh, uh, ending every interview kind of in the same way. Um, I love hearing just what, especially like local, but really any underground and kind of underappreciated bands and artists you've been listening to lately, or have maybe come come around on lately, and just kind of who are some like some local favorites that you wanna. Uh, send us off with some shout outs. I don't know if you need to like pull up Spotify or anything. Sure. But, um, just like, yeah, spread the love, I guess. Major, major shout out to Loon Booster. Major shout out to Present Company. Uh, Forgive Me Wavy. Um, Jane October. Harlow. Yeah, just go through uh, the whole feature list. Garland. <laughs> They're all worth yeah, checking out. I mean, yeah. These, these artists like are all super talented. Bobby Rethwish, Cuckoo yeah, Cop, Bobby. Don't sleep Cuckoo. on them. <laughs> I mean, they are. Yeah, they're awesome. And there, I mean, there's so many. Like, like I said, I've I've been doing um, I've been doing those little write ups for melodic noise, and so it's like the perfect excuse to just like find more and more local artists like every week, which is just awesome. Um, so yeah, but but yeah, I'm always listening to those. Yeah, my friends in present company just they're like some of my best friends. They helped a lot um with this album too. And they they just released their self-titled album that absolutely slaps. Like I'm super happy for them. Uh and yeah, Loon Booster, he like my one of my best friends too. Yeah, he just put out his like second EP. So oh, definitely check yeah. those out. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for taking time out of your evening to chat with me, Johnny. Appreciate it. Um, Thank yeah. you. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.